Happy Monday, everyone. This is Stephanie, the host of the Legacy Through Motherhood podcast. How are you guys? I know many of you are just laser focused on getting out of debt, and some of you guys are taking just the next steps to switch your home into a more non-toxic environment, and I am so enjoying connecting with all of you guys in the Legacy Through Motherhood Facebook group, and I have loved hearing your voice and just seeing this community of moms and strong women help each other really just like navigate these different areas in life. And if you haven't joined, I would love, I would absolutely love to hear your voice and your wisdom. So consider jumping in on that conversation in that Facebook group. And if you are on my email list, then last week I did all the work for you when it came to switching your home to being non-toxic. And I gave you a list of all the products that I've switched from over, I don't know, the past like two or three years. And then a link to the non-toxic products our family has switched to. And if you haven't had a chance to check out last week's episode called Creating Cancer, I would recommend that you head on over and give it a listen. And even though that title sounds a little heavy, it's actually just really informational and encouraging, and I tried to make it as practical as possible. So today we are going to discuss a topic on marriage (laughs) that is really important, but it's also really hard, and that is how you and your spouse can be a united front when you disagree on something or disagree disagree on an approach to something. And I actually had a really hard time writing this episode because this is this can be such a sensitive topic on the different areas just in marriage and in life. And I mean, I don't have all the answers, okay? But I still wanted to give kind of what me and Justin do to try to remain a united front. So I'm going to kind of dive into that. And I know you are listening to me on a platform and sometimes it's easy to think whoever is talking has it all together and knows all of the things. (laughs) So let me just remind you that Justin and I are human and as much as we want to be a united front, we are not always. And some days we do the whole, you know, give and take thing really well. In other times we take more than we should. And I wrote a previous episode called uh, Competition in Your Marriage that we, and and I talk about, we are both really competitive and we used to just go at it all the time until we were both just too exhausted to argue about, you know, whatever it was anymore. But with that said, we have grown a lot in our communication and I would say we present a pretty good united front when it comes to our children. And if you aren't parents, this episode will still apply because life decisions still need to be made, whether you are parents or not. And if you are single or dating, welcome to the combo. (laughs) I think this can be really helpful for you too. But I will be talking mainly out of our experience in our parenting and our marriage roles. And if you don't know, Justin and I have been together for, uh, at the time of this recording, almost 15 years. We started dating when I was 16. Um, back in 2005. So this June of 2020 will be 15 years together and 10 years married. Okay. So we've kind of been doing this thing for a little while. We also have four boys um, and we have a foster daughter and their ages are seven, five, three, one, and not in 10 months. She just turned 10 months. So we've been doing the parenting thing. We've been doing the, you know, marriage thing and our boys, as much as they look alike, they're totally different. So 
we have to approach parenting differently with each of them. Um, you know, and then obviously like being married without children, transitioning into being married with young children, transitioning into being married with school age children. Um, it's just all a thing. So I just want to share any and all knowledge that I have with you guys. Okay. So let's start with describing what I mean by a united front. A united front in parenting to me personally looks like us both being on the same page, regardless of personal preference about any and all things that have the potential to impact our children in a major way. A united front in our marriage looks like us both being on the same page, regardless of preference, about any and all things that have the potential to impact our marriage in a major way. So in this episode, I will talk about things we are pretty united on naturally, some things that we're not necessarily in agreement on, but they haven't really been a huge deal for one of us to just kind of defer to the other one on certain topics. And then ultimately, I will talk about some major difficulties couples don't agree on and some ways to come to an agreement. After some of these examples, I will give you the framework we personally use to get on the same page when we disagree. And listen, I say framework and that sounds really fancy, but it's not like we think of it that way. <laughs> As I was preparing for this week's episode, I realized I do have some steps I walk through when we disagree on an important matter and I would just love to share those with you. So I'll talk about some things that are easy for us to be on a united front with. So in our marriage, we don't use the word divorce. We don't use it when we fight. It's not any kind of appropriate tactic or like manipulation strategy here. It's not something we are allowed or get to say out of anger. It just does not happen. But that's simple for us. That's not something that we struggle with. With both of our parents being divorced and us both being the oldest of our siblings and having the oldest relationship and the oldest marriage, we are committed to making it work so that we see and they can see that it's possible to have a successful marriage. Another thing we are on a united front with is our kids' sleeping situation. We are both very against our kids sleeping in our bed. That is our space, and we personally just put really firm boundaries there, and we have four kids <laughs> that all sleep in their own bed, and they don't ever get out until the morning. And with that said, I know some of you moms who sleep with all five million of your kids in your bed every single night, and you absolutely love it. And it's just a special time for you and your family and your husband, and that is all great. We are also both really for the Ferber method of cry it out with our kids once they hit 10 months old. And if you don't know what that is, you can check it out. I'll put a link in the show notes, but basically it's like a softer form of cry it out. We now have four kids who sleep 12 hours a night. And if we can sleep, I feel like we can do anything. <laughs> so that is really important to us. But again, some people are totally against any kind of form of cry it out. And that's, that's cool too, you know, as long as you're on the same page. Then there are things that we may not totally agree on, but we don't totally disagree either. So one of us just kind of backs down, so to speak, when deciding how we will approach it together and just try to be consistent once that decision is made. For example, with education, I wouldn't say that we disagree here, but I definitely take the lead when it comes to education in our kids. I'm a teacher, so a lot of educational things, Justin just defers to me for. Sometimes it's easy things like 
you know, I make a rule that everyone has to read 20 minutes a day, <laughs> every single day throughout the summer. I track it. Don't care. It needs to happen. And so he helps get that done. Even if he doesn't even feel like, dude, missing one day is not going to matter. He still does it because I've, that's just a rule I've made in our house. And as a teacher, I know how important that is. So it just, it happens. And I also have like pre-reading programs and books for our little ones to go, you know, do. And I just teach Justin how to do some of those things because some of them are a little more like curriculum based, not just reading a story. And he does them. But then the big thing that we don't totally agree on when it comes to education is homeschooling. So this gets interesting because on one hand, I actually don't have a huge desire to homeschool because I like really crave some freedom and some quiet. But on the other hand, it's something I haven't been able to shake for a couple of years now. Being in the school system as a teacher, though, I know how rigid the daggone public school system is and how it just makes kids like regurgitate information. And I don't like that at all. And I'm also not a fan of ever seeing my, not ever seeing my kids. I enjoy being around my kids. Um, and I, and I like them here. <laughs> so technology and advancements and accessibility to collaborate and, you know, get involved in the community has really changed the landscape for kids to be able to be homeschooled. But I honestly just want our four boys to be super close and just to be best friends. I want them to love learning and I also want to engage with them a lot in missions and outreach just as a family in general. And my ultimate goal would be for my business to create an active income and our rental business to create a passive income for our family that allows us just to homeschool our kids and travel and experience the world and serve and just be on mission as a family together. So like that is my view and my goal and my heart behind homeschooling, though I can't really get myself to do it. <laughs> we live in a really good school district, so I'm like, mm, I could have that like quiet time <laughs> after like however many years of like 12, 14 years of, you know, having little ones. I kind of look forward to that. So I don't know, we'll, we'll see. But Justin is not the biggest fan of homeschooling. He thinks you can't really like recreate the social atmosphere of a school system, which I agree, even though co-ops and all that stuff are are, are getting better and, and they're great just in general. And it also makes the dynamic of like the kids joining sports a little different because you aren't with your teammates all day in class and are kind of excluded from all that goes on kind of in the walls of a public school. So there is so much more to learn than just academics. And it's hard to recreate all those scenarios that can happen in a public school system. And that's kind of where his heart is. And I could argue points, you know, for homeschooling here, but that's a conversation for another time. With that said, Justin still lets me have the final say here. <laughs> I've brought up homeschooling several times. And actually, I just texted him this past Thursday about it being on my mind again. And his response was, uh, okay, we can look into it. So even though he doesn't necessarily agree, he knows education is kind of my powerhouse. And it also helps that I'm a special ed teacher. So like my strength is in modifying and customizing educational plans or whatever you want to call it that meet my kids exactly where they are. And I can do that. So he trusts my judgment here and knows I have the kids and their futures, you know, best interest at heart with whatever decision we make. And so we have become a united front on this topic. 
even without necessarily being aligned with the approach that may be best, we have agreement on the end goal, which is the best possible education and outcome for our boys, whether that is the public school system or me teaching them, our goal, mission, vision for our boys is a good education. Now with our rental properties, I let Justin take the lead on all the things with that business. We talk through things and I may or may not agree on a price or a route of doing something, but ultimately I know the investment of time and research he has already put into each of these de- you know, deals that we make on a house. And I know ultimately he is closer to these projects from start to finish. But deeper than this, I know we both are aware of the end goal of generating enough passive income through our real estate business to cover all of our living expenses so we can focus on our passions and in our mission as a family rather than having to work to live, right? I know that each decision he makes has that end goal. So I defer to his judgment. And then here's the key. I'm at peace with it, right? So if there is something you and your spouse doesn't necessarily agree on, let the person with the most expertise or the one who is most invested in that area of whatever it is in your life, take the lead on it. It's also important to note here that it's important to then be okay with that decision. The United Front isn't about playing games. It's not about Justin, you know, quote unquote, giving in to homeschooling and then being annoyed every time we would have to work on school stuff together because we decided to do school from here. It's not about me saying whatever (laughs) to buying a rental house that he thought was a good deal and then giving him a hard time about it later (laughs) because it went over budget or there was something unforeseen, you know, some unforeseen issue that arose. It would also be unfair for Justin to really push homeschooling. If I had no desire to do it, why? Well, because he works all day. (laughs) It would be all on me. And that's not a small task, right? It would be unfair of me to push a decision about a rental property on him because he handles 80% of our rental business. I also got on a kick of uh, minimalizing our home and he was okay with it, but kind of annoyed him in some areas. But ultimately, Y'all, I'm a stay-at-home mom, and I'm the one that has to keep up with all of this crap in our house. So if I say we don't need 50 cups for the four of us, the six of us, you know, whatever, then I'm getting rid of some daggone old souvenir cups from King's Island because it just causes more clutter and more dishes for me to keep up with. And the most important thing, you guys, is really just having a conversation and a deep understanding of what your long-term goals are. I don't mean what you want to accomplish in the next five years. I am talking about your vision and your mission for your family. This is something you have to come to an agreement on because this will be the why behind everything your family does. Once you have identified this or your why, it will be so much easier for you to defer that final decision to the one who will be dealing with it the most in these situations, because you will know, you will know deep down that they are working towards that same exact vision and their decisions will reflect that. Hence a united front, right? And I will be digging into this more next week in the mindset episode, where we're going to talk about goal setting and how to define and build out your family's mission. Dave Ramsey says, when you base your life on principle, 
99% of your decisions are already made. So if you are aligned on the principles, those big things that will define and guide your decisions, things will naturally just fall into place with much less friction, okay? But if we're not connected on the, on the end game, if we're not connected on that end goal, then you're in reaction mode for everything. How do we handle this? Well, what do we want to do with this? Well, how do we do this? <laughs> like everything is a, is a, you know, is a decision that needs to be made and, and it just gets exhausting. It truly does. So let's talk about what we can do when there are big differences in big areas of our lives in our marriage. This can be something slightly less world shattering. Like if you, like, what if you only want your kids to have, you know, 30 minutes of screen time a day, but your spouse thinks there doesn't need to be a limit. Or what if you want your kids to be in bed at seven and your spouse doesn't care if they stay up until 10 o'clock? What if you want to eat clean and organic and your spouse wants pizza and chicken wings every day on night, (laughs) right? Or it can be much more difficult and a lot more heavy things like, what do you do if one of you wants to be disciplined and get out of debt and the other one is not committed and doesn't want to make the lifestyle sacrifices to do it? Or what if you have... Or what if you value, you know, your relationship with God and think it's important to attend church with your family, but your spouse couldn't care either way. And it's obvious to your kids that he or she is just, you know, going through the motions. And what if one spouse wants five kids and the other one only wants one or none? So I'm kind of setting myself up here to answer some pretty big questions. But the truth is, is that there's, there's no easy answer, you guys. But here's what I have for you just from one mama and wife to another, okay? But first, let me share a Bible verse from Mark 3.25. Jesus says, if a house is divided against itself, that house cannot stand. If a house is divided against itself, that house cannot stand. Ephesians 4.2-3 says, be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. So first, if you are not married yet, let me just grab all of you sweet girls by the face and say that it is so, so important to find someone that you can communicate with. And that your relationship is built on mutual respect and that you both have a voice in the relationship. Communication does not magically get better after you get married, right? And if you don't have a voice before your marriage, you guys, you certainly won't gain one magically through marriage. It's good to talk about goals and future plans and kids and faith and all those tough things and to be vulnerable so you know each other's heart, right? Figure out what they feel really strongly about, what they are passionate about, what their life passion is about. If you have dreamed of a big family and someone else doesn't want kids or could maybe do one kid, you guys, you're not meant for each other, (laughs) okay? It doesn't matter how much you love them at 17, right? And But here's the thing. Do people change? Sure. But don't walk into a lifelong commitment knowingly. And then expect things to change because when it doesn't, when he really doesn't want five kids, he really only does want one, you can't blame him. 
for only wanting one, right? That's what he said that he's always wanted. And that's not fair. Like, I would personally totally be up for a fifth biological baby, but Justin isn't. And that was really hard for me for a while. Ask him and ask some of my close friends, my mom, my sister, whatever. But a baby deserves two yeses, you guys. And you should also talk about just the expectation of roles, have a gauge on their faith, and just overall have a give and take conversations about real topics. And actually, here's the kicker, (laughs) actually listen to their answers. And with that being said, people change, right? And it's okay to change our minds, but a marriage shouldn't be built on a hope that someone will change. And you should not enter a marriage with any huge surprises. Like you shouldn't have your first baby and be like, oh, I'm ready for the next one. And him be like, what? (laughs) I only wanted one kid. What? Okay. That should not happen. Right. Don't go. You shouldn't go in to a marriage with a ton of surprises like that. Right. So let's assume here, as we're talking about this framework, we're getting ready to dive into, let's just assume that you and your husband are on the same page about most things, but some things have come up consistently and are starting to be a pain point in your relationship. There are a couple of things I want to point out for you to think through. These are things that I process through when something keeps coming up between Justin and I. So the first thing is to identify the stressors and the areas where you don't feel united. And I am so serious. I would write these down. I listen to podcasts all the time. They tell me to do these things. I don't. So I get it. But seriously, I would write them down, especially if your marriage is kind of like, you know, doesn't feel super stable right now. I would write down stressors where you do not feel united. And here's what's good about this. Sometimes when the same things keep coming up in marriage, we can start to feel like we disagree on absolutely everything. When in reality, if you just write it down, the things that you actually disagree on, whether it be finances or kids' bedtime or screen time or date nights or nutrition, education, whatever, I would be willing to bet it's only like one, two, three things, but those things just constantly come up. They may, they may be like out of hand and it may present itself in a million different little things throughout the day or week, but when you get to the bottom of it, there are probably just a few stressors. And this gives the control back to you. Once you know the stressors between you and your spouse, this gives you back control. This gives you the beginning of a plan to work on something. Like, oh, (laughs) we don't actually hate each other. We just really disagree on finances. And finances touch just about every part of our life from work to school to kids to date nights, entertainment, whatever. Or, oh, we actually don't disagree on everything. (laughs) We just disagree on how to discipline our children because we grew up with different backgrounds, but that bleeds into resentment or undermining each other when it comes to our kids in front of our kids. So write them down, write them down so that you know what you're dealing with. Ephesians 5 13 tells us to bring evil into the light. It specifically says, but everything exposed by the light becomes visible for everything that is illuminated becomes a light itself. 
which you guys, when I say write it down, what I mean is shine a freaking light on it, right? There could be one obvious problem in our marriage, but to us, when we are in the middle of it, it is so hard to pinpoint what the actual problem is. The problem feels fleeting and it's confusing and it's interconnected and impossible to conquer. Then tie in like emotion and words that can't be unsaid from either you or your spouse and it can just be disheartening. And this is quite literally Satan's breeding ground. His desire is to separate our marriage, which is meant to be a beautiful image of Christ and his church. But when we call it out, when we shine a light on it and say, no, no, our marriage is not doomed. No, our spouse is not our enemy. No, it is not everything. It is one thing or two or even three things. Now you, now I, now we can take action. And I'm going to beat a dead horse here just to drive the point home. But let's picture your kid's playroom. It's a hot mess. Legos all over the floor. Balls are out. Action figures are like lined up for battle right across the floor. Can you tell my boy, mom? (laughs) Let's pretend you are standing in the back corner of this room and your goal is just to get to the door. And someone turns the light out. It is pitch black. You literally cannot see anything. And every step you take is painful. Every direction you go, you are running into something, tripping over something, whatever. And have you seen the meme where there are toy soldiers pointing to pain points of a person's foot and they are devising a plan to strategically lay out Legos overnight so when you get up, you are for sure going to step on every single one? (laughs) I'll find that and I'll post it in our community group because it's hilariously true. But That is exactly what's happening. Satan is devising a plan to hit every single pain point possible as you are moving towards that door. His hope is that you surrender before ever getting there. But y'all flip the light on. Flip the light on and he loses all of his power because you can see clearly. You can see where you need to go, what to avoid, and you eventually will get to the other side. So what is it? What is it, you guys? What are the couple, just the couple things you are actually struggling with? Put a name to them so you can go at them head on. The second thing is this question that I ask myself. Is this really the hill I want to die on? (laughs) Or am I just being controlling and perfectionistic? Like, do I really care? Do I really care that the kids are going to bed later than I would like? Or is it just that I feel like a first grader should probably be in bed by like eight o'clock and had an expectation that they'd be in bed by eight, but really the fact that they are still up at nine, as long as they're not being, you know, crazy is fine. Then when I try to like force that earlier bedtime, it just causes stress because that rhythm and the schedule just isn't right for us and our family right now. Then, you know, my husband tells me like, what? It's fine. Just let them stay up, right? I don't know why you care so much, right? I'm right there. Begin argument. <laughs> why do I care so much? Because our kid needs to be in bed, right? That's It just starts an argument because you're just not on the same page. But pause for a second. Like, why do you care? And do you actually care? I think sometimes as moms and with all the information out there, we get some kind of expectation in our head and we try to fit our family in some kind of stereotypical bubble. And then when it doesn't work for us in our family, sometimes it can just really cause some tension. So number two is just to really evaluate when you look at your list, like, is it really something 
worth your emotional and mental energy or not. And number three, assuming you trust each other's judgment on most things, think about who really should have the most say in something. Like I talked about before, our homeschooling and our rental property situations, we defer to the one that has more of a pulse on you know, these specific things. Now, that doesn't mean Justin just lets me homeschool and then I don't take it seriously and our kids are failing and they're falling behind. And I mean, then that just kind of, that just kind of goes to logic, which I'll talk about next. And it doesn't mean that he can go and get our family in massive debt and go buy four houses just because, you know, well, he's doing our rentals. He knows what's best. No, there's a difference in deferment because you trust the judgment of your husband even if you don't necessarily agree on the you know, details, it is something totally different, you guys, to completely turn a blind eye and not use wisdom, right, when thinking something isn't right. So there's a little bit of discernment that needs to happen there. Number one, write it down. Number two, is it really that big of a thing for you? Number three, who should have the most authority on it, okay? And if something on that list is not you, then be okay with it being in your husband's hand. If something on there is you, then ask, ask for that authority. Like, Hey, listen, like I am a teacher. I really feel like this is my powerhouse. Like I think that, you know, X, Y, Z decision. Like, I feel like I should have the weight of this decision and here's why, (laughs) which leads me to my fourth thing. I would say present your spouse with some kind of evidence or some kind of logic. If you disagree on screen time, then there are tons of published research journals and articles about the effects, you know, the screen has on your child's brain. There are tons of studies out there about how kids actually play better and their imaginations wake up when there are less toys to play with rather than a toy room that has 100,000 options in it. There are studies of how important sleep is for our kids. There are a ton of new resources out there that walk you through how to understand children's minds and how to best discipline them. It used to be all about spanking and or, you know, isolation with timeouts all the time. And now that we know more about how the brain works, about chemical reactions related to hormones and behavioral science and all the things, now that we have that incredible new template kind of on how to discipline our children, you can show those different, you know, tactics or what journals or whatever you specifically want to go research to your spouse. And I'll go into this more in future episodes, but there's a starter. Number five would be to take baby steps towards one another. Rarely, you guys, do we ever completely give in to one another when we feel really strongly about something. I mean, you don't want to give in (laughs) as much as he doesn't want to give in. So then what? Well, if he thinks five hours a day of screen time is fine and you want 30 minutes, I don't know, settle for like two movies a day for the kids, right? This happens a lot. If one spouse wants two kids and you want four, possibly settle on three. That happens. If you attend church and want him to, Maybe just set up some like meetups with church couples for dinner. So he begins to build some authentic relationships outside of the walls of the big C church. I mean, if you want to get a hold on your finances, then maybe it looks like just having a conversation with what situation you are in right now with your spouse. And remember, just like shine a light on it. That can be really powerful. The sixth thing is sometimes you guys, we are just stubborn. And we're not willing to budge. And if this is the case, then lead by example. 
start eating healthier and being consistent in the gym and he will notice how much better you feel or how much more energy you have, regardless if they say something, right? But this goes both ways. When Justin's super motivated, it helps me get motivated also. When you have your kiddos, control the screen time they have. You spend time doing your quiet time. You say no to yourself with purchases and whatever else. Unfortunately, the reality is that sometimes we are convicted of something before our spouses. And this goes both ways. Like I said, I have a few friends who really want to adopt or do foster care, but their husbands really aren't about it. And it's really hard for them to wrap their mind around their husbands not being on board because they feel that conviction themselves. But they also knew before getting married that their husband didn't really have a you know, desire to adopt for many reasons. And so they just kind of sit in that tension. And maybe one day their husband will change their mind or maybe they will continue to serve in other capacities. Both are okay. And I think there's a need almost for us to only be able to do something if both you and your spouse are on the same page for whatever reason. And while that is certainly easier, since you aren't the same person, that won't always be the reality. And that's okay. And lastly, I will always recommend and be pro-marriage counseling, for real. There may be a reason you or your spouse are in so much debt. Maybe one of you grew up with barely any resources, so now the pendulum is swinging and you are giving your family more than they would ever need. And it's at the expense of your own finances. Maybe you or your husband don't want to go to church because of an experience that they or you had when you were younger and they just can't shake it for whatever reason. Maybe your spouse struggles with communication in general because they never saw a positive way to communicate growing up. I mean, there are so many things that can be underlying. And typically, if we are like digging our heels in somewhere, you guys, chances are it goes deeper than like whatever superficial issue we are discussing. And sometimes hearing someone else point out that, you know, is not so involved emotionally can be liberating. Again, shine a light on it. Figure out a way to shine a light on it. Awareness and vulnerability can bring powerful change to a relationship. And I think we all have the same goal of being on the same page with our spouse, but life happens and expectations are left unsaid and unmet. Um, Ask any like veteran married couple. I think unsaid, unmet expectations probably are the center of most issues within a marriage. Um, we think it should be one way. They think it should be one way and it just isn't real. It just isn't the reality. But then you add exhaustion and outside stressors and pushing something other under the rug that maybe should have been dealt with. And then things begin to spiral from there and we leave those things in the dark. So you guys, let's not go one more day without calling out areas that need a light to be shown on it. Let's not go one more day believing that us and our spouse are not right for each other. Let's not go one more day thinking it's too little too late. Remember, our goal is just to get 1% better, 1% better today. In episode six, I talk more about this, but our goal is not to be great overnight in the areas that we really struggle with. Our goal is just to be 1% better today and then 1% better the next day until we can get back on some solid ground. And remember... We can only control ourselves. So let's just start there. And lastly, I wanted to remind you that no matter what goals you are crushing and whatever areas you are struggling with, you guys, you are already enough. 
Isaiah 40, 29 through 31 says this. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. So you got this, guys. We got this. Keep on keeping on. And I am so excited to continue walking alongside you to help you find your grit while completely covering you in grace. Join me in our next episode as we dive back into mindset. We will be talking about goal setting. And as I discussed a little earlier on the how to identify your family's mission statement, the importance of identifying your why and how this can impact your life in all facets. If you want to continue to be encouraged throughout the week on these topics, go ahead and um, follow me on Instagram at legacy underscore through underscore motherhood. And be sure to check out the show notes for links to everything from today's show. And I hope you guys all have a wonderful week. Mm -hmm.